This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fox News Podcasts presents... The Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. As 2023 comes to a close, we look ahead to a new year that is sure to be historic. But before we move on to 2024, today we'll take a look back at the top five interviews of the year from the Brett Bear Podcast. In June, I had the opportunity to interview former President Trump for special report at his National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey. During our one-hour conversation, I questioned the former president on how his legal troubles could impact the 2024 election and how he shapes up against the crowded Republican field. The former president remains the commanding frontrunner. You've suggested you may skip the early Republican primary debates, the first being in August in Milwaukee. You're still in that mindset? I like the debate. I mean, I probably am here because of debates. I don't mind it at all. But when you're 40 points up, and you're running against, and even one came out today that you saw 51 points up. Why would I let Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada, because, you know, his name's Asa, but I call him Ada for whatever reason. Why is that? Uh, he needs... I think he's weak. Okay. I think he's ineffective. But why would I let him, uh, Chris Christie, who's got nothing going except I could be tougher on Trump. He's not tougher on anybody's slob. But why would I let these people take shots at me? In other words... Hey, Ronald Reagan had primaries. They all had primaries. Um, I had one last time. Uh, and Biden, he's got somebody at 21 percent. I just saw a number, 21 percent, JFK Robert, Jr., who's a very Kennedy. nice person. I know him very well. Uh, he's a very, very fine person. He's at 21 percent. But DNC is not going to do any debates. They, he well, won't agree to them. Do it, but the so what does it is, mean if the, the two frontrunners for the White House, you and President Biden, duck the debate stage? Oh, no, we have to debate. No, no, no uh, prior, primary. Oh, yeah, we have to. He and I have to definitely debate. That's what I love. But the two of us have to debate as the two, rep- even if the polls are. So you haven't made decent. your definitive decision on the primary. No, I haven't. But I do say, why would I allow a hostile network, Fox? You know, pretty hostile. Why Mr. would Brown, I allow? You get a fair shake. OK, but I mean, this is a fair interview, but it's hostile. It's on the hostile side. I wouldn't say it's a puff piece, but that's OK. Hey, Brett, why would I allow a hostile network and then allow people that are polling at zero they're polling at zero many of these guys one of them is zero with an arrow left now i think that's a mistake in other words a zero that's less than zero christie's like at one percent or less uh, many of them nikki haley's at two percent she hasn't caught on because everyone knows she's you know highly overrated you know i put nikki there because i like the governor the lieutenant governor of south carolina and Henry McMaster has turned out to be a great, great governor. That's why you put her in well, the position two. for the I UN? I two for the price of one. I put her over there. But much more important to me, because Henry McMaster was great, always great. And people love him in South Carolina. And I got him to be governor of South Carolina. That was a very big thing to me. And I put her in that other position. But look, Nikki is very low. They're all very low. So why would I allow people at 1% and 2% and 0% to be hitting me with questions all night? You know, I don't think it's fair. In September, I traveled to Saudi Arabia, 
for an exclusive interview with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. We spoke about the advancements his nation has made over the past several decades and their efforts to normalize relations with Israel. Just weeks later, Hamas launched its deadly terror attack on Israel on October 7th, putting the normalization relations on hold. What would it take for you to agree to normalize relations with Israel? Well, uh, there is approach from uh, President Biden administration to get to that point. Uh, for us, the Palestinian issue is very important. We need to solve that part. And we have a good negotiation to continue till now. We gotta see where it will go. We hope that it will reach a place that it will uh, ease the life of the Palestinians and uh, get Israel back, uh, uh, as a player in the Middle, uh, Middle East. There were reports that you had suspended talks. No, no, that's, that's not true. Not true. So you think, if you were to characterize it, are you close? Every day we get closer. It seems it's for the first time uh, a real one, serious. We're going to see how it goes. Can you make a deal with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu? Is that somebody you can deal with? Well, uh, in Saudi Arabia policy, we don't interfere of who's running each country, who's there. We work with him. Now we don't have a relation with Israel. But if uh, Biden administration succeeded to make, I believe, the biggest historical deal since the end of the Cold uh, uh, War, uh, then we're going to start a relationship. And that relationship going to be continuous regardless of who's running uh, Israel. So, I mean, he's 73, you're 38, um, but you think maybe there's a chance that you could deal with him? If we have a breakthrough of reaching a deal that gives the Palestinians their needs and uh, make the region come, we're going to work with whoever's there. Not to go too far, but the concessions Israel would have to give the Palestinians what would that look like? That's part of the negotiation. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I want to you. describe things because I, 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 want, I want to see really a good life for the Palestinians. So I, I want just to continue the negotiation with the, with the Biden administration to be sure. Well, on the U.S. side, good. would there be a defense pact maybe between the Saudi Arabia and, and the United States? And what would that, would it look like uh, Article 5 and NATO? Yeah, well, first of all, we, we have some sort of that in the past 80 uh, years. We are the biggest buyer from uh, American uh, armament manufacturing. I believe Saudi Arabia alone is bigger than the next five buyers from uh, America. So, so it's, Saudi Arabia is critical in your armament import economically. And we have a lot of security military ties that really strengthen the position of Saudi Arabia in the Middle East and strengthening the position of America globally, especially in the Middle East. You don't want that to be shifted. You don't want to see Saudi Arabia shifting their armament from America to other uh, places. So that document, it will strengthen that. It will strengthen the interest of America, security interest, uh, military interest, and also economic interest. And also it will save effort and headache from the Saudi side of not switching to other places. In February, I sat down with FBI Director Christopher Wray to ask him about the Twitter files, which allege that the United States government worked with tech companies to suppress what they deemed as misinformation and shadow ban conservative accounts. I also pressed the director on the agency's handling of the Hunter Biden laptop story during the 2020 election. Today, the Republican-led Congress continues their inquiries 
into Hunter Biden's business dealings. Well, let's start with the laptop. The FBI has had access to this laptop for more than three years. Why is this investigation on the Hunter Biden laptops taking so long? Well, the investigation is being led, as you may know, by a U.S. attorney appointed in the last administration out of Delaware, and the FBI is actively supporting and working with that U.S. attorney on that investigation. So I really yeah, can't, you can't talk about that. But the whistleblowers are telling these lawmakers that there was an internal effort to shut down the investigation from the beginning. Have you found that? I have not found anything like that. Uh, All right. So let's talk about the FBI and what you told Big Tech or some agents did about the authenticity and providence of Hunter Biden's laptop. There are these Twitter files that have come out where um, it kind of goes into some of that. And some of the Big Tech people have talked about the fact that it was talked about as disinformation. What about that from an FBI perspective? So I'm glad you asked that question because there seems to me to be an awful lot of confusion and important context missing out there about the way in which the FBI does and does not work with social media companies. So the FBI as a law enforcement and intelligence agency is responsible for working with social media companies to combat all sorts of threats, child pornography, terrorists, and foreign intelligence services. Think the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians conducting influence operations targeting the US. And when we do that work, when we engage with social media companies, if we come across information that a particular hostile foreign intelligence service is using an American social media platform to conduct their operations, we have a, a responsibility to say something, to tell those companies what we've seen so that, and this is important, so that those companies can independently, independently make their own decisions about what steps, if any, they want to take on their platforms for their customers. Yeah, but we these do guys not are talking about they, they get a heads up that there's this big thing that's going to come out. It deals with Hunter Biden and be careful because it could be Russian disinformation. So we don't I think a lot of people don't quite understand this. We don't when we do that work focus on the content. What we focus on are the foreign actors. So in this case, you know, a foreign intelligence service. But this case we're not, not a we're foreign not actor, right? the FBI does not the FBI does not and is not in the business of functioning as the truth police. Understood. So we don't tell social media companies to censor anything. Well, or the Twitter file suggests something different. I mean, there was an FBI request numerous times. Um, Taibbi puts it out, FBI San Francisco request to ban certain accounts. Uh, Twitter personnel in this case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts that the FBI wanted to ban or, or suspend. Um, was, is it appropriate to flag social media accounts for on Twitter or elsewhere due to politics or uh, government policies when it comes to COVID? Uh, is it appropriate in any way? You're saying it doesn't happen, but there's evidence that it had. We don't tell social media companies to ban accounts. But you suggest. Well, what we do is tell social media companies about information that we have about foreign disinformation campaigns by foreign actors, by foreign intelligence services. And those companies then make decisions about what, if anything, they want to do about it. We'll continue right after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services 
Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. In August, just weeks ahead of the first Republican primary debate, I had the chance to interview Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We discussed what he sees as his path to the White House and why he is the right man in his mind to unseat President Biden. He also addressed attacks made against him by former President Donald Trump. As it stands now, Governor DeSantis continues to trail the former president in polling with just weeks until the first caucuses in Iowa. We asked viewers for social media questions uh, for you. Uh, here's one. Uh, does the governor understand that he must win the MAGA base to his side in order to win the nomination? If so, how does he think he can do it as the almost but not quite Trump when the genuine article is still in the running? Well, look, I mean, I think, you know, I'm somebody that's more likely to actually win the election, uh, like, like a state like Georgia. Uh, I'll be able to win Georgia. I think you don't the, think President Trump could win? He's, he's losing pretty significant now. I think you talk to the governor there, all the political leaders, they say Georgia would be a, a Democrat favorite if he were the nominee. Uh, two, uh, I'm more reliable on policy. And three, I'm more likely to get this stuff done. Everything I promised I would do in Florida, I delivered. Most people run, they overpromise, they underdeliver. I've delivered and then some. And I think the president is former president's running on a lot of the things he promised to do in 2016. He said he was going to drain the swamp. They did not drain the swamp. He didn't fire Christopher Ray, didn't fire Anthony Fauci, let the swamp basically run amok. He said Mexico was going to pay for a border wall. That didn't happen. We see a massive influx thanks to Biden's ineptitude, but there is an open border. Uh, he said he was going to eliminate the national debt. They added eight trillion dollars to the debt in Florida. We run budget Pluses, and we've paid down 25% of our state's debt since I've been governor. And he said every rally, lock her up, lock her up with respect to Hillary and the classified two weeks after the election. Ah, forget about it. Don't do that. So uh, I will deliver on, on the things that, that we want. And I don't make promises that I don't intend to keep. I mean, if I tell you I'm going to do something, and my worst critics and opponents in Florida will acknowledge the governor says he's going to do something. You can take that to the bank. He's going to do it. So just to read between the lines here to clarify, you don't believe that former President Trump could win a general election against Joe Biden? I don't think so, because I think that there's too many voters who just aren't going to vote for him going forward. I saw it in Florida in my reelection. You know, I won the first time by less than a percent, second time by 20. Why did people vote against me in 18 but then voted for me 22? The number one reason they gave 
was because of Trump. Because in 18, they said that um, they were voting against Trump, voting against me to vote against Trump, even though they didn't know much about me. By 22, that was there. So I think in states like Georgia and Arizona, and there's, and look, I don't put a stock in the polls, but you know, you guys talk about them. The polls that come out that put, put I beat Biden in Georgia, Trump doesn't. I beat Biden soundly in Arizona, Trump doesn't. Those are just the realities. And I also think in terms of the base, you need to have a cadre of personnel. If you want to slay this administrative state, you got to be disciplined, you got to be focused, and you got to have people surrounding you that are going to go and support the mission. I think the f former president would have very difficult time getting the type of personnel to join the administration that you would need to actually bring this stuff to fruition. And you think he overpromised and underdelivered? Well, he did not drain the swamp. I mean, of course I, he I know, did. you went through that list, but yeah. I'm just clarifying. He, he did not meet the, the core promises that he laid out. Nearly two years have passed since the war on Ukraine began. Just this past month, I was joined by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky as he expressed the need for more aid to his nation and gave us updates on the war effort against Russia. As we enter 2024, Congress must now weigh passing a new aid package for Ukraine as it also wrestles with funding for Israel and America's own border security. You talk about how urgent the need is. Yeah. And do you think Putin would stop if you don't get this funding? Would he make a deal? Would you make a deal? You know, what I, what I said to Mr. Speaker today, that was our first meeting, I, I said to him that decision in December about support, Decision in January, decision in February, it's not the big, you know, the big difference between it. It's not about financing, it's about the morality. The most problem, the biggest problem, when you don't support Ukraine, yeah, that people on the front line, families which are waiting for their heroes at home that they think that the United States doesn't support Ukraine, and that Ukraine is alone, yes, defending our common values for United States and Europe. That is the problem, to kick our morality. It was at the very beginning of the war. Really, we've been alone, and we are very happy and thankful to American people that then you supported us, but we've been alone. And of course, people afraid to be again alone, but you have to know that even even if will be, we will stand and fight. Last thing, Mr. President, there are critics who say that you've tried to consolidate power. Uh, headlines that the Orthodox leader in Kyiv under house arrest, that you consolidated Ukraine's TV outlets, that you ruled out holding elections next spring, um, calling for unity. But then the mayor of Kyiv says that you're turning it into a U authoritarian state. How do you deal with that criticism? What do you say to critics who are saying that? I say such person from government or mayors, think about the war, think about how to defend our people. Don't travel through the world each day. Travel to the front line. Ask people, ask soldiers what they need. Do this, not build roads for today. Don't do it, spend all your money to the weapon, to the drones, to the society, to the pensions, and etc. And don't cry, because you are leaders, and that's it. That's why, that's why we are, 
And that's why we stay, because mostly people, people are not crying. People stay and fight against Putin. And we don't have any enemies in our country. We can't have and can't have time for this. And we don't have it. We have only one enemy. This is Putin. And that's it. And with that, we draw a close on the year. Together, we enter what will be a tumultuous, news-filled 2024. And we at Fox will be here to cover it all. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Fox News Audio, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.